0: Uh, we're going to be having baby dedications. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We are always, always blessed, amen, to, to, uh, uh, to have this uh, within our church. And uh, it is a public statement uh, that these parents make uh, that they will raise their children up in the things of God. And how many know that today we need that more than ever, don't we? We need that. We need to raise godly children. And so I want to call these parents up this morning. If we could have uh, the Lozano family, uh, Acer and Deanna, come on up this morning. They'll be dedicating little Liani. Amen. And then also the Gutierrez uh, family, Jesse and Vivian, if they can come up as well make their way. They'll be dedicating... Uh, young Lauren this morning. Amen. Look at these families, church. Look at these families. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yes, you can come up this way here. Amen. We're so, so excited to have you here this morning with us. Dedicating your little ones to the Lord. Truth, Amen. Aren't they lovely? And wow. And in the book of 1 Samuel, the Bible talks about in chapter 1, it talks about Hannah praying for a baby, how, she was, how her womb was barren. And she prayed to God to have a baby. And finally, when God opened up her womb, it says this in verse 27, Hannah's words as she gave birth to young Samuel. She said this, she said, I asked him, Lord, I asked him, the Lord, to give me this child, Hannah said. And he has given me my request. And now I am giving him Young Samuel, to the Lord for as long as he lives. And this is what Hannah did with young Samuel. She dedicated her baby to the Lord. What did that mean? It means that she made a public statement that she was going to do everything to raise that child in the things of the Lord, to make sure that she instilled godly morals into that young child to make sure that she would do everything in her part to be a godly example to her child. And that she would raise that child in the grace and in the wisdom of the Lord. And this morning, this is what we have right now. It is a public statement that they will raise their children in the things of God. And let me tell you right now, this job is a huge task. It's a huge task. And this is why they need the help of the church as well. There's a saying that goes, it takes a, takes a village to raise a child. And we know that saying is basically saying that uh, raising, chi- raising children is tough. You're gonna face difficulties. You're gonna face times when you feel like you can't do it alone. And you're absolutely right, God is, God is, he's intended for a, a you to seek him for help and to seek him for direction, but also seek your brothers and sisters in the Lord. And you will see, you will see that your children, God will always place the right person in your child's life to help grow them, just as he has done in my life. I, I'm, I'm proof of that in my life growing up in church. There was always someone that God placed in the right place at the right time for me to be here doing what God has called me to do. And it's no different for you and for your children. So you keep seeking God. You keep putting God first in your decision-making. and everything you do, you put God first, amen? And he's gonna help you to raise godly children, amen? We're blessed. Let's pray this morning as we all stand to our feet. Let's all stand this morning as we outstretch our Our hands forward. Let's pray for these families here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Such a drug. Let's give God praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy. Let's give him praise, church. For we serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. Amen and amen. You may take your seats this morning. Thank you so much. Amen. And then after after our service, after our service, uh, uh, please join us in our lounge. Uh, we have, you know, for you and your family, uh, we have some refreshments um, and also a, a, a cool backdrop for you to take some pictures this morning. And so please, please invite your families, whoever is with you this morning. Amen. We're gonna have a great time in the Lord. What a blessing that is! What a blessing it is! I mean, no children are a blessing from God. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And this morning, uh, the message this morning is, is right in line with what has taken place and what we have seen. I read a story. It talks about a group of expectant fathers that were in the hospital waiting room while their wives were delivering their babies. The nurse comes out of the hospital or, or out of the hospital uh, uh, ward and, and comes, to the, comes to one of the fathers and said, uh, and said, congratulations, you had twins. And he says, wow, that w- what a coincidence. I, I play for the Minnesota twins. After a little while, another nurse comes out and comes to another father and says, congratulations, you have triplets. He says, what? That is awesome. I work for the 3M company. Little while after, oh, I'm sorry, right then and there, one of the other fathers falls out of his seat and drops to the floor. The nurse comes up to him, and she says, sir, are you feeling okay? The man says, you don't understand. I work for 7-Up. My wife and I are the proud parents of four beautiful, awesome children. Now, I know every parent is going to say their kids are beautiful and awesome, too, which is fine. But we are so blessed with our children. We have a 17-year-old girl, 15-year-old boy, 5-year-old boy, and 3-year-old daughter. So pray for us. <laughs> Pray for us. They keep us on our toes. You know, I I believe that they keep us young and old at the same time. (laughs) All the gray hairs that I have, the whole community that just set up camp on my chin is from my kids. (laughs) Over the years of, you know, having kids, I've heard comments, and outside of the church, you know, thank God, but I've heard comments like, why would anyone want to bring children into today's world? And believe me, I, I can understand the point of their statement because you look around today and you see, you see so much taking place. So much has changed just in the past maybe 20, 30 years. So much has changed. But what's interesting is that for me, having a relationship with God, I've never thought that way. I've never, I've never had the thought of like, oh, you know what, this is gonna be really difficult to raise up children in today's day and age. I never had that thought. Why? Because I know, I know that God is gonna help my wife and I to raise godly children. I know that God is always always putting key people in our paths when we were younger, as I mentioned earlier, and it will be no different for our children that in those times that we are unable to be at a certain location because we can't be everywhere at once, only God can, that God is gonna place those key individuals for our kids to make sure that they don't find themselves getting in trouble, that there's always gonna be someone that's, that, that maybe our kids, you know, Maybe when they want to do something bad, someone's going to pop out of the bushes. You know, a church person is going to pop out of the bushes and say, Don't do that. (laughs) Believe me, I know it's possible. I know God can do it. Why? It's for their safety. I've always viewed procreation as a blessing from God, it's a blessing. You know, we see we see so many, you know, so much things taking place all around us, but it's a blessing for us to raise godly children. That's my message for this morning, and I titled it "Raising Godly Children in Today's Society." Raising godly children in today's society. And just a disclaimer before we get started. This sermon will not have all the answers. Nor will it guarantee that things will always go your way. But prayerfully, this message will provide you with tools, with insight, and also with hope in raising godly children. For you parents... You guardians. And hopefully, this brings forth hope in your life that you know what it's possible. It's possible, even in today's day and age, to raise godly children. God seeks for us still, amen, to produce godly offspring. What does that mean? That means that that you have instilled in them godly values. Someone was asked this question, what is the most difficult part of parenting? And they responded with this, the kids. (laughs) I mean, no, it's not an easy road. There's times when you're going to hit some major bumps, when you're going to feel like, God, what is happening? God, can I return these kids? This isn't Costco, church. God doesn't take returns. He has entrusted you with these children for a reason. This past Thursday, I mentioned our church hosted an excellent seminar on church security. It was taught by, by some law enforcement personnel, one of them being a Uh, used to be a negotiator for the FBI. He gave so much insight on de-escalating situations. So much. But I can guarantee you that even with all of his experience that he has as an FBI negotiator, I guarantee you that he doesn't win every argument at home. I guarantee you that he, doesn't, that he doesn't come out on top on every, on every crisis situation at his home. He even made reference to that when he was speaking. Why do I bring this up? Well, I bring that up to tell you this. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope because even the professional has difficulty with Dealing with children. I read a story. said that a man named Owen Wils- uh, Wister, an old college friend of Theodore Roosevelt, was visiting him at the White House. Roosevelt's daughter, Alice, kept running in and out of the room until Wister finally asked if there was something Roosevelt could do to control her. Well, said the president, I can do one of two things. I can be president of the United States or I can control Ellis. I cannot possibly do both. And this is what we face, church. Parents, guardians, don't kick yourself when you find yourself down, don't throw in the towel on raising the children that God has entrusted to you. Don't allow the enemy to change what God says about them. Don't allow the enemy to cause words that come out of your mouth to say any different. See, each of us find ourselves in the same predicament. What is that? that. <laughs> Is basically that your child did not come with an owner's manual. Unfortunately, there is no reset button. Oh, if I just do this, maybe everything will be. Maybe everything will go back to when they were, you know, uh, 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 you know, six months, and everything was was so easy back then. But when they were six months, you didn't see things that way. You saw things a whole lot differently. A lot of it is just a matter of perspective. You cannot tell God, God, this one is broken. I think, I think you need to send me a a different one. This one is not functioning properly. Because I guarantee you, God's gonna say, what do you mean? He's just like you. (laughs) That's truth. That's the hard truth, church. And I'm a parent, that's speaking as a parent, that's the hard truth. See, but that child has been entrusted to you, husband and wife, man and woman. Let's make that clear, today's society. To entrust means to assign responsibility. Assign responsibility. It means to put something in someone's care or protection. That's why it's crazy thinking about, you know, when my wife and I were uh, 23 when we had our first child. You may think, well, 23 is a good age. I felt like we were still young. The 23-year-old me was raising a child. (laughs) That's scary. When I think about it, and I think about how immature I was, when I think about uh, uh, my, my priorities in life, they were much different than they are now. The way I saw things, the way I reacted to things was much different than it is now. And that God would entrust a child, a child into my care, into our care is Just crazy when you think about it. And I'm sure the same in your life, when you think about when you had your child, how you were at that time, the age that you were, that God would entrust you to raise up a child. Sadly, today, we see parents making decisions without concern for their child's safety or for their well-being. But we as parents, we need to understand the responsibility that God has given to each and every one of us as parents and as guardians and maybe as grandparents, if you're raising your grandkids, to raise those children up in the things of God. That God seeks to help you. You need to understand this. God seeks to help you to raise the next generation. As believers, we agree with the words of Solomon in Psalm 127, verse 3. When Solomon said these words, and he says, children are a gift from the Lord. I mean, oh, that's true. He says, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. When's the last time you called your kid a reward? <laughs> I'll give someone a reward if they watch my kids. How about that? Have you said that? There we go. Now I'm talking to parents this morning. <laughs> but we too must continue to see our children in the eyes of the Lord. Solomon uses words like gift. He uses words like reward to describe a child. And make sure that is how you see your children as well. I know there's times when you have plenty other words that you want to use to describe them and gift and reward is far from it. You need to ask God, God, help me to see them through your eyes. Lord, help me to see them as if they were, you know, six months all over again. Now they're 16 and, and, ah! God is gonna help you. This morning I wanna look at a few key responsibilities that we as parents and guardians have if we seek to raise godly children in today's society. Number one is to be there. Be there. Now before you just think, oh, that's easy. No, that's, it's gonna get a little more focused here. What does that mean? That means time. This isn't rocket science. The first step is you need to be present. You need to be there. I don't mean watching television on the couch I don't mean playing on your phone. I mean that you need to give them your attention. You need to give them these. Give them this right here. Give them you. They need it. You've heard the saying that to a child, love is spelled T-I-M-E. And it's so true. I know life gets busy. I know it does for each and every one of us. But that's why you and I need to remain purposeful in the time and how we spend it. We may think, well, I need to to make this money for my kids. But at what cost? Yes, you need to make money and provide for your children. I understand this. I do the same thing. But don't forsake the time with your kids because you are seeking a career. Because you are seeking some more, some more money to take home. What good is that money if that kid has none of your time? We need to put things into proper perspective. I'm not against working, believe you me. I am not against working but what I don't wanna do is neglect my children in the process. life gets busy. I believe very strongly that a mom invented iced coffee. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why right now. I guarantee you this is how it went. The mom made some hot coffee for herself, and she got so busy, doing everything else, tending to the kids, making sure that, that, that they were fed, making sure that their diaper was changed, and all these things, you know, when they threw up cleaning the throw up, when they had a blowout all over the bed, she had to clean that too. And then finally, when she had a chance to drink her coffee, it was cold. And the rest is history. See, we get busy in life. We could always we're, you know, you know, it's funny hearing hearing, you know, people say I'm so busy, I'm so busy, but it's all that's all a matter of perspective. Because I guarantee you there's other people who are more busy than you. There's always someone who has more on their plate. It's a matter of perspective. Yes, we're busy, but we need to set aside time for our children. Amen. You want to see, if you want to raise godly children, this is what you need to do. My toddlers are always asking me to play outside, to take them to the park, and I get home from work and I'm I'm, I'm exhausted. I was gonna say wasted, but that's not the right term because that's. <laughs> some of you would have been like, "All right, pastor, what'd you do after work?" Don't even think that way. <laughs> a long drive. But I'm tired, mentally exhausted, and my kids want to play. I get home from work and I want to I wanna just sit on the couch and, you know, in comfort. But I can't do that. Why? Because my five-year-old boy is going to put his legs all over me. And then my three-year-old daughter is going to want to sit on my shoulders. <laughs> you know, but my kids see it as an opportunity to be with dad. That's what they see. I see. I'm seeing like, oh, please just leave me alone. Please just go play, you know, play outside by yourself. You know, you know, you don't need to play in the street, but if you want to get close, you can do that. I don't care. Just go away from me right now. I'm tired. <laughs> but my kids see it as an opportunity. Yes, dad's home. Let's go. Let's go hang on dad. It's so fun to get. To, 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 you know, to tackle dad. And there's days when I don't recognize the importance. I'm not going to lie to you. There's days where, 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 where I just feel like I don't have it in me. But the truth is that an important time of bonding between a father and a child will soon be just a memory. Think about that. That three-year-old that you didn't want hanging on your shoulder, when she's 19, you're going to miss those times. You're going to want those times again. Man, I wish, I wish she was three all over again and hanging on me and wanting to be around me. But now it's just a memory. See, God wants you to, as Paul says in Ephesians 5.16, uh, 5, to make the most of every opportunity you have for doing good. You cannot get back time. Number two is to be consistent. We know that our kids are persistent when it comes to getting their way, aren't they? They will ask you until you do it. Kids know how to get what they want. We could learn a lot from them. We could learn a lot from them about going to God with our needs. But just as they are persistent, we must remain consistent in their moral development. I read this, that in the 1950s, a psychologist and a psychiatrist set out to prove their point that crime is caused by environment. They began a 17-year study 17-year study involving thousands of hours of clinical testing of 250 inmates in the D.C. area. To their astonishment, they discovered that the cause of crime cannot be traced to environment, poverty, or oppression. Instead, crime is the result of individuals making, as they put it, wrong moral choices. In their 1977 work, The Criminal Personality, they concluded that the answer to crime is a conversion of the wrongdoer to a more responsible lifestyle. In 1987, two Harvard professors came to similar conclusions in their book, Crime and Human Nature. They determined that the cause of crime is a lack of proper moral training among young people. Check this out. The lack of proper moral training among young people during the morally formative years, particularly ages one to six. Ages one to six would be, as they described, the morally formative years. I read and I thought, one year's old. That's young. But that is what's needed. You train them when they're young, the Bible says. And they will not depart from it, right? You make sure that you, you, that you take, make the most of that time when they are small. And you train them in the things of God. You teach them Morals. Parents, guardians, it's our responsibility to instill in our children right values that come from God, not that come from society. The government isn't to raise your children. You are to raise your children. We must start from a young age. Deuteronomy 6 verse 1 says the Lord your God told me, I want you to listen to this, the Lord your God told me to give you all these commandments, Moses says, which you are to obey in the land you will soon be entering, where you will live. The purpose of these laws is to cause you, your sons and your grandsons to reverence the Lord your God by obeying all of his instructions as long as you live. If you do, you will have long prosperous years ahead of you. How many of you want to live long prosperous lives? Amen. Therefore, O Israel, listen closely to each command and be careful to obey it so that, so that all will go well with you so that you will have many children. If you obey these commands, you will become a great nation in a glorious land flowing with milk and honey. Even as the God of your fathers promised you. Verse 7 says, you must teach them to your children and talk about when you... And talk about them when you are at home or out for a walk, at bedtime, and the first thing in the morning. Tie them on your finger, wear them on your forehead, and write them on the doorpost of your house. What was Moses saying? He was saying, Be consistent. Use every opportunity that you have to instill in that child godly values. Every chance you get, don't miss out. Every chance is an opportunity for them to learn. You know children ask a million questions. Why? They're begging. They're begging for information. They're pleading with you. Please teach me. I have a million questions and it's not gonna stop. I need you to answer every single one of them. They're hungry for knowledge. How many of us are hungry for knowledge as adults? Amen. You need to remain hungry for knowledge if you are going to keep growing. There may be times in your in your life with your children when you think, are they even listening? Yes, they're listening. They're listening and at that right time that memory is gonna come back of what you said and glory to God will keep them from doing foolish things. Let me give you a little tip here. If you have toddlers and you want to, and you want, uh, you seek their attention, I'm gonna give you Secret here, all right? You got toddlers and you need to get their attention. Here's what you do you go sit down and you look comfortable. That's it. I guarantee that toddler will be on you in about 1.2 seconds. (laughs) We need to be consistent. Number three, we need to be their influence. Be their influence, why? Because the world would love nothing more than to influence your, your children. I'm telling you right now, you see it. It's everywhere around us. The enemy seeks nothing more than to influence your child before you do. And if you train your child when they're one years old, I guarantee you, you will beat the enemy to the punch. You'll beat him to the punch. See, I love this because God has called us parents and guardians to be a godly influence to our children. Proverbs 22, 6 says, teach a child to choose the right path. And when he is older, he will remain upon it. You teach them the right path how to stay on that path and gear? and Bible says that they will stay on it. Be their influence. We need to teach our kids to respect authority. Hmm. Teach your kids to respect law enforcement. Those watching, you do the same. We live in a day and age right now where there is little to no respect for law enforcement. That's sad. That is sad because who do you call when you're in trouble? Ghostbusters? <laughs> I never call them. I was taught as a kid to show respect. I was taught to respect your elders, to respect authority. You don't backtalk elders, you don't do that. Because let me tell you, that mouth will be smacked off before you even finish that sentence. You don't do that, you show respect. What's lacking today? Respect. It's lacking. Why? Because parents aren't teaching it. Mm. See, many times, many times as parents, we want to we blame such and such or so and so. But God says, no, no, I entrusted you. I didn't entrust the church to raise your children. I entrusted you. I didn't entrust the the school system, the public school system to to raise your children. I entrusted you. Paul says this in Romans 13, verse one. I want you to listen to this. Romans 13, one. And I'll close here as the worship team comes forward. You can come forward this, this morning. Romans 13, one says this. It says, obey the government, for God is the one who has put it there. It says, there is no government anywhere that God has not placed in power. You need to understand this. So those who refuse to obey the laws of the land are refusing to obey God, and punishment will follow. It says, for the policeman does not frighten people who are doing right, but those doing evil will always fear him. So if you don't want to be afraid, keep the laws and you will get along well. The policeman is is sent by God to help you. But if you are doing something wrong, of course you should be afraid, for he will have you punished. He is sent by God for that very purpose. Obey the laws for two reasons. First, to keep from being punished. And second, just because you know you should. You see, godly people respect authority. Children of God respect law enforcement. I understand there may be some situations that maybe people have encountered, maybe some injustices. This world is filled with injustices. It's filled with it. But you can never, ever let those things detour you, deter you from following what God has called you to follow and to obey. Because you're not just obeying mere man, you're obeying God. In church, parents, we need to teach our children this important values in their lives, to have respect. It's missing. It's missing, and we need to get this back. We need to get it back. Don't badmouth others in front of your kids. Don't do it. period, (laughs) but don't do it in front of your kids. You know, so and so at the church, you know, I can't believe they did this and this and this and this, and your kids are right there listening. What are you teaching them? You're teaching them not to respect authority you're teaching them that it is okay to badmouth someone else church we have the amazing responsibility of raising the next generation amazing responsibility so many things that God has entrusted us with a very life God has entrusted you with a life think about it God has entrusted you to guide and direct that life. Proverbs 22, six again, teach a child to choose the right path and when he is older, he will remain upon it. Oh, you need to to hold that close to your heart because that is true. That is true as we seek to raise godly children, even in today's society, and it is still possible, God is gonna honor that. He's gonna honor your decision. He's gonna honor your blood, sweat, and tears, because there's gonna be many of those too. But it's all for the glory of God. It's all so that God's kingdom building will, will keep moving forward that you're going to see generations, amen, of yours that are going to love and serve God with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul. And you will look back and think, wow, how did we do that? You did it one day at a time. You did it with the help of others. You did it because of the grace of God. Because of his strength, because of you knowing God, who he is, you've been blessed to pour into that young child's life and guide and direct him or her. So parents, guardians, let's take it seriously. Let's take it seriously what God has entrusted you and I with. We're building an army. Your children are part of that army. And it's not against flesh and blood, but it's against the principalities. Powers of darkness, spiritual wickedness. We see it all around us. We need our kids to stand firm. We need our kids to hold these truths. We can do this together. How many believe that this morning? Let's give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.